0: This is your Wednesday daily delivery. I am Michael Rand. We got a lot to get to today. Not all of it good news. Um, we're going to get to Major League Baseball. Looked like there was progress on Monday on the labor front. That all went up in smoke on Tuesday. No deal. First two series of the regular season have now been canceled. Um, acrimony between the sides growing. And I will lay out. Why I think Rob Manfred, Commissioner of Baseball, not only is wrong in this case, but is the worst commissioner of any sport in my 45 years of living on this earth. We'll also hear from Randy Johnson, covers a lot of different things for uh, the Star Tribune. He'll, He'll join me to talk about Gophers football. Gophers men's hockey, Gophers women's hockey, a lot of good stuff from Randy coming up. Got to check in with Kwesi Adolfo Mensa. He spoke at the NFL Combine on Tuesday. Andrew Kramer was there for the Star Tribune. Read his coverage, Star Tribune, StarTribune.com. Um, just a little bit uh, of interesting stuff that Quasey said about a couple different Vikings players, the two biggest pieces of the puzzle, as he, like, as he might like to call them. Kirk Cousins and Daniil Hunter. I'll play you the clip of Kwasi talking about Kirk Cousins, what he thinks Kirk does well, but also um, some good context with that. Got to get to the Wolves' big win over Golden State. You know, Golden State missing a lot of players in last night's game, including um, Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. But, uh, you know, they still had Steph Curry. They still had, uh, quote-unquote, all-star Andrew Wiggins uh, in that game, who did not have a good game. And... Uh, Wolves, a pretty comfortable win. Carl Anthony Towns playing about as well as I've seen him play, so we'll get to more of that. And the wild tailspin continues. 5-1 loss to Calgary. Cam Talbot in the net for this one. Neither of their goalies playing particularly well right now in this rotation. When both of them are playing well, there's no problem. When at least one of them is going well, you can ride that one. When both of them are going bad, you've got problems. And it's not just the goalies. It is problems across the board. But first... What did I miss circling back on baseball, circling the drain as it seems to be doing, canceling the first two series of the regular season because they can't come to an agreement by their deadline of uh, five o'clock Eastern Time Tuesday. Um, Rob Manfred, like I said, the commissioner of baseball, is the one that I hold 95% responsible for this. Now, I know he serves at the pleasure of the owners who have one goal in mind as a unified group which is to make money. Rob Manfred was a, you know, skilled negotiator, I guess is how you'd like to put it in previous uh, collective bargaining agreements. Um when he was not the commissioner of baseball, that's probably why he got this job because he was able to squeeze a lot of money out of players and the players at this point have said no thanks no more to that. We need to reshape, rethink how this game is being Paid, how this game is being played. And Rob Manfred doesn't seem to have much interest in that. All he wants to do is run it into the ground. Run it like a hedge fund and just strip it of all its assets. So not not a great look. I don't know if Rob Manfred even likes baseball. But it's not just this, right? Rob Manfred has presided over the Astros cheating scandal. He has presided over just this growing era of acrimony in baseball. He's presided over Games getting longer, not doing enough about that. It presided over just the 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 slippage that baseball has experienced in the last seven years since he took over as commissioner. But the biggest one, the front and center one, uh, is is related to these negotiations. It's just how he has you know managed to alienate basically an entire group of players. You have to work hard to do that. You have to work hard to make every single player, it seems, in all of baseball despise you. And, you know, commissioners aren't always well-liked. They have to make hard decisions that some people aren't going to agree with uh, that 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 comes with the job. And there have been commissioners that have had to make tough decisions in the past. There are, there are commissioners that have been unpopular in the past. His predecessor, Bud Seeley, had a lot of stuff on his plate during his entire tenure presided over the steroid era that blew up in his face, presided over potential contraction of the Minnesota Twins um, way back in the early 2000s. So there's certainly um, competition for Rob Manfred. You know, uh, Gary Bettman pres- presided over the NHL when they lost an entire season to a labor stoppage and had to completely reconfigure that. Roger Goodell presided over, you know, this this era of concussions and knowing you know, knowing that what these, what the head trauma is doing in the NFL to these players, um, somehow, some way, in just seven years, Rob Manfred has managed to eclipse all of those people to earn the title of worst commissioner of my lifetime. And if you don't believe me, um, let's just hear a little clip from Rob Manfred talking about, you know, why negotiations have have broken down where they are at at, at, at this point in time. I believe,
1: without exception, every topic, we have made the last proposal. Every single issue in the basic agreement, we have made the last proposal. You draw your own conclusion as to who ought to go next. We need to regroup and figure out how we're going to move the process forward. That's the best I can do for you.
0: Previously, Manfred had said missing games would be a disastrous outcome for baseball. It is a disaster of his own making make no mistake about it even if they say this is their final offer to players the offer is not good enough major league baseball and its owners need to get more realistic players probably will budge a little bit more on some of these core issues but if they don't want to fundamentally change the way this game is paid and the way this game is played there is going to be a problem and that biggest problem is being led by rob manfred commissioner of baseball
2: Take a playcation to Mystic Lake for 24-7 gaming, fun restaurants and bars, and luxurious hotel rooms, and join Club M to bask in the rewards. Follow the lights to Mystic Lake, where every day is play day.
0: Happy to be joined again on Daily Delivery by Randy Johnson. Covers a lot of different things for the Star Tribune, and that's a good part of the reason I wanted to have Randy on today. He's been Writing about Gophers men's hockey, Gophers women's hockey, Gopher football, and uh, I want to talk about all three of those things because they're all pretty interesting right now. Randy, as we as we think about you know the the seasons ahead, the you know the postseason, especially for the you know men's and women's hockey teams right now, and then the things that are kind of cooking for all those teams. It's a, it's a lot right now, is it not?
1: Yeah, it is. It's it's a fun time of year. You know, when, you know it's always called March Madness, but. Basically, uh, when you look at the high schools and stuff, it's it starts in mid-February and goes through uh, mid-April. So,
0: absolutely. Let's start with let's start with Go Men's Hockey. Uh, Patrick Royce and I talked about them a little bit the other day, but just uh you know, just the interest in that team, the the eight-game winning streak, and kind of how they've done it. You you've seen you've seen some of it, you know, from you know Justin Close jumping in and being you know really good ever since uh, Lafontaine left for Carolina to you know them kind of doing just fine without some of their best players who were over at the olympics i mean how do you describe the level of kind of i don't know if it's perseverance whether it's you know being able to cover for one another but it's, it's been pretty impressive to watch
1: yeah it's, you know it's kind of a combination of everything there you know a, a lot of their depth is showing up that's helped a lot they you know they they go five and all without those uh three olympians and they all you know, that's pretty impressive uh there and obviously getting the goaltending from justin close has been amazing uh Basically, he's got a one point seven three goals against average, nine uh, three three save percentage. They're great numbers, and and uh, they're they're among the nation's leaders in the top five. Um, you know, he, he's uh, he's been exactly what they needed when uh, Jack Lafontaine left early, and you know, he's just kind of take taking that net and run with it.
0: So, where do they sit, kind of right now? I know we're we're heading into Big Ten playoffs. I know they've got to buy. How do they, how are they situated in terms of the big picture in the NCAA tournament?
1: Uh, they're situated pretty well they right now they are fourth in the pairwise ratings which would put them as one of the four number one regional seeds uh, Minnesota state mankatos number one Michigan's number two Denver's number three and then uh, North Dakota's right behind them at number five uh, so basically if they if, if they would uh, win the big Ten tournament uh, they would stay as as one of those number one seeds they could Maybe afford a loss in the in the title game and stay still stay a number a number one seed. Uh, the lowest they they would go would be a number two.
0: That would seem to indicate that there's a chance that they could be in the same region as North Dakota this year. Is that accurate? Oh uh, yeah, that's
1: what right right now uh, with the current pair wise. I I projected them in the same region as North Dakota right uh, right now if uh, it fits with the uh, the bracketing four and five. So it just kind of depends on if. Um, if certain regions have uh, interconference first-round matchups, that they that they would try to break those up. Uh, Denver, for example, they they need they must be placed in Loveland right now. They're they're a number one seed. If they stay a number one, then say a North Dakota, couldn't be in their uh, in their first-round matchup, or in, or another team that maybe further down in, in in the from the NCHC like a Saint Cloud State or a Minnesota Duluth, they wouldn't match those up um yeah so so right now the gophers are you know they're they're, they're sitting pretty good at this main streak has, has has helped immensely they were after they had uh, split with alaska anchorage they were 12th in the Parawise, and you know you, you, you get around 12 13 14 then you're you're kind of on the bubble so you, you don't want to get uh further down there that's for sure
0: one of their best players obviously has been ben myers this year he was over in the Olympics, helped the U.S. team on a, on a nice run before that ended over there. Um, one interesting thing about him is he is a college free agent. Yeah,
1: it, he's, he's meant a lot to the Gophers. You just look at what he did when he came back from uh, Beijing. They arrive late that Friday night at Penn State. Next day he plays, gets three assists. They come back last weekend. Uh, he scores the hat trick against Wisconsin in the Friday game and then gets the scoring starting, started saturday and added an assist so he's he's just been on a tear
0: he's going to be pretty coveted though i'd imagine those college free agents oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, sometimes yeah. when you know being drafted is nice but if you go undrafted and then all of a sudden put together the kind of college career he's had and when you get the size and skill he's had he's going to draw a lot of interest i would imagine
1: yeah you know in, in that situation you can pretty much choose where you want to go what what type of uh you know look at the depth of what what each team has and decide where your best path is to get to the nhl
0: now, I know you were over at Gophers Women's Hockey Media Access on uh, on Tuesday afternoon. I know they've got Minnesota Duluth in the conference semifinals coming up this weekend. But you know, they're another team that's you know number one in, you know, in the polls, number one in the in the ranking right now, and looking like they're having, you know, headed towards another really successful, you know, postseason run. But you know, what's the what's kind of the vibe over there right now? Is it kind of a keep this going kind of mentality at this point?
1: Yeah, I think so. You know, it's basically, you know, they have just gotten off a stretch where they finished the regular season against St. Thomas and uh, played St. Thomas in the first round of the WCHA playoffs. So uh, the, the competition was going to ramp up quite a bit. No, no offense to the Tommies, you know, first year program that's, you know, going to make some strides here going forward. Uh, basically, uh, yeah, with the Minnesota Duluth, which has a win over the Gophers this year, that's, you know, so that's got their attention. You know, this, this uh, WCHA tournament, it's, it's, um, this uh, frozen or uh, final face off at Ritter on Saturday and Sunday, it's kind of a mini uh, frozen four actually with, with the teams they have. Um, Gophers ranked number one, Ohio State two, Wisconsin four, and um, uh, Minnesota Duluth is eight in the pairwise. So it's it's um, you know, looking pretty pretty uh, pretty tough, and uh, could we could be seeing uh, Previews of some uh, NCAA matchups, too.
0: Pardon my ignorance on this one, but it, has Ohio State had a good program in women's hockey in recent years, or is this a, a new thing for them?
1: No, they've, they've had a very good program in recent years. Okay. Uh, they, they were in the Frozen Four last year, lost in the uh, semifinals to Wisconsin, which won its second consecutive national title. Um, their coach, uh, Nadine Musrow, a former Gopher, is yeah. great. remember her. Um, She's done an outstanding job there um, you know she's she's got to be one of the better coaches in the country
0: well this should be an interesting tournament this weekend that's at Ritter correct
1: yeah it's at Ritter and um you know pretty pretty good parking I just looking at the prices and tickets you know you can get an all- session pass for uh, 25 bucks 30 bucks for chair back I mean that's a that's a good weekend of hockey if you if you if you like to watch the women's sport
0: yeah absolutely that sounds uh it does sound like a good option for the weekend. Last thing for you, Randy. We'll spend a little time on this Gophers football. Um, you know, we've got draft talk coming up. We're at the scouting combine right now. I just saw um, in uh, Tuesday's latest Mel Kiper ESPN mock draft. He's got Boye Mafe, the Gophers defensive end, as a you know projected late first round pick, and a lot of that probably coming from you know what Boye maffe has done in the Senior Bowl, and probably projecting what you know what might happen with some of these measurables um, what's your what's your thought on kind of gophers at the combine and as we think about boy and mafia in particular
1: yeah the boy mafia helped himself out immensely at, during the senior bowl not just in the game where he had uh, two sacks uh, a forced fumble and a tackle for and another tackle for loss uh he, he won mvp honors for his team uh but he did, he was very impressive throughout the week uh from a lot a lot of different uh, people that there were raving about him um, yeah so and you know he goes to the combine where he should be at a pretty good advantage there because he's he's such a, a freakish athlete that um, those numbers should should show up pretty well in, in those in those tests
0: who else should be kevin ion from a from a gopher standpoint we're talking about the combine this this week <clears throat> well
1: they get they got four guys total there um they have uh offense tackle daniel Falele um, you know with his size at six nine nearly 400 that's you know he, he's he's got people's attention and He's, he's, I've seen him uh, projected uh, late first round, early second. Uh, so you know he's 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 still kind of raw. Uh, you know he's somewhat new to the sport still. Um, so you know the combine should be will be pretty important for him. Uh, also there uh, is defensive end for the Gophers, defensive end, uh, says Yetamuo. Um Stuff I've read about him, you know, possibly like a fourth round pick. Um, the combine will be pretty important for him. He did not play in the senior bowl he was there for the week but uh, he had a lingering injury from the season that uh, prevented from playing the senior bowl um and the uh, the fourth one is uh, offensive lineman blaze andrews uh you know he, he's a versatile player who's who's played basically every position but center on the line and uh you know very smart guy. he's uh going to be an actuary uh, that or at least that's what his major was but i'm sure he's you know looking at nfl career he's probably a um you know Late day two, maybe day three. Pick uh, kind of depending, you know, and he can help himself out at, at the combine also. Uh, basically, the the offensive linemen will uh, do their uh, on field stuff on Friday, and the defensive linemen on Saturday. And that's on NFL Network each day. So and I guess if you jump around on that, you might be able to see some Gophers. Well,
0: that's pretty cool. And so and I saw maffe listed as a outside linebacker, at least in the Kuiper projection and in, in terms of where he go i think it was to kansas city and maybe that's got more to do with yep. scheme than anything do you do you think he fits into like an nfl 3-4 scheme as a, as a linebacker
1: well you know i think he could i mean that that's a situation you know he's he's been an ad rusher and more more in a 4-3 i would say but um you know I, I, he's got he's got the athleticism to i think he could be able to should be able to uh convert a little bit um to a different scheme um so, yeah, I, I think uh, if the Chiefs are that high on them, you know, that's 30, That uh, that's, that's a pretty good uh, spot for them.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's a good point. It just kind of reminds me, too, like there's there was a time where, you know, having one gopher player drafted was kind of a big deal. They had, you know, years where there were droughts. They had a long first-round pick drought. I mean, you know, have four guys at the combine, it's not necessarily unusual these days, but it does kind of show where this program has gotten to, you know, both under, you know, Jerry Kill and now under P.J. Fleck.
1: Yeah, it's uh you know they had uh, two years ago in 2020 they had five guys drafted. So that that was a nice you know, situation coming off that that very that 11 or 2 uh 2019 season. Uh the the big thing this this time it looks like for sure they'll be getting uh their first uh offensive lineman drafted since uh 2006 when uh both uh, Greg Essinger and and Mark Setterstrom went. Uh they went in 6th and 7th round respectively there. So it's yeah, it's, it's it'll be nice. They can they can uh, point to their offensive line and finally getting one in the in there.
0: Very true. Well, Randy Johnson, good stuff. Good catching up on all of those things. Read Randy's multiple platform coverage. Even covering, I believe, covered the wild game Tuesday night as well. Did some coverage from that. So uh, we're getting uh, we're getting that that utility knife out and using it in a lot of different <laughs> ways, aren't we?
1: Uh, hey, you know whatever, whatever keeps the paycheck going, I'm I'll, I'm very happy with.
0: <laughs> Sounds good, Randy. Well, we'll catch up with you again soon. Okay.
1: Okay, thanks a lot,
0: Mike. See ya. Good stuff from Randy Johnson, as usual. Follow his work, Star Tribune, StarTribune.com. For all your gopher hockey needs, for all your gopher football needs, Randy Johnson is your guy. Let's move on, though, to, you know, still sticking with the subject of the Combine a little bit. Um, Kwesi Adolfo Mensa, Vikings' new general manager, spoke at the Combine on Tuesday. Like I said, Andrew Kramer, uh, Vikings writer for the Star Tribune, was there. Interesting stuff. You know, anytime Quasey is going to talk in the next few weeks, I'm sure the subject is going to steer naturally to Kirk Cousins, is going to steer naturally to a lot of these roster decisions that the Vikings have to make this year. And I found um, Kwesi's answer about um, Cousins interesting. He, he, he talked a lot about him, talked, talked first of all about what, he was asked what he likes about Kirk Cousins, and I thought this was an interesting answer. So let's play that clip first.
2: He's an incredibly consistent passer. Uh, people don't—I don't think people realize that it, essentially every play has kind of a result built into it, right? Based on factors that he can't control. And I think what you know about Kirk is when the when the odds are shifted in his favor, he gets the most out of it, right? And and, and I think people don't appreciate that skill enough. Uh, but he's incredibly consistent, incredibly accurate thrower. Tough. He's durable. He plays every game. He stands in there and takes those those, those hits. When those throws are a little bit harder to come by. Um, he's an incredible player, um, really cerebral. He's one of the first phone calls I made, um, and one of the funny things I, I love about being this job is you come in with a preconceived notion about NFL players, and then you and you get here, and they're just so different than. I mean, they're all just so talented. You know, I, I text on my Wall Street buddies all the time, like they would all take our jobs, just just so we're clear. And so Kirk is no different. Uh just incredibly talented, smart, detailed. Um the level of detail of things we talked about was uh incredible. I won't share that with you guys, but uh you know, he's he, he's an incredible
0: person. i excited to work with him. That said, there's not been this like for sure commitment to Kirk Cousins. I think that's a smart way to play it, uh, because you don't want to paint yourself into a corner, but you know, um Andrew Kramer, I'm just quoting from Andrew Kramer's story, um about you know what they've talked about so far. He said, everything is at play at quarterback, um, Adolfo Mensa said. Um, you have options just like they have options. All these things are uncertain. How he's going to play, what's the market going to be, all those things, this puzzle. And ultimately, you're just trying to answer it, not knowing today what's going to happen. So I wish I could tell you for certain anything, everything's in play. And I hate to be that general, but everything's in play with every player. And he also said that he he talked, he had dinner with Cousins' agent, and he'd spoken to Cousins about their vision for the future, said, those conversations are ongoing, and I can't tell you anything at this moment, but we will communicate, and we will do whatever is best for the Minnesota Vikings, and Kirk will do whatever's best for, what what's best for Kirk. But I think there's a lot of middle ground for us to work together. Um, <clears throat> you know, basically, they've said they're happy with, with Cousins, they like things about him, but that there's still... This uh, you know this idea that that's nothing is nothing is for sure, um, in, in this case. And I don't know if that's coming from the Vikings. I don't know if that's coming from Cousins and you know maybe not wanting to be a part of this anymore. It it seems like this is a good you know a reasonable fit for 2022. But just the way you know Kirk you know w- the way Quay Adolfo Mensa and the way Kevin O'Connell have talked about Kirk Cousins lead you to believe that they like the things he does, but they, like all of us, look at the money he makes, look at how he fits into this roster, and still have some long term questions. So I don't know if we got, I don't know if we advanced the ball at all uh, with, with those answers from, from Quezado He had some interesting answers about Daniil Hunter too, just, you know, all this, this whole puzzle fitting together. And this, this puzzle is going to have to be completed. Relatively soon. I mean, Neil Hunter's got that roster bonus, that $18 million roster bonus due in just a couple of weeks here. The league year starts in uh, a couple weeks here. So, you know, what are they going to do with a lot of these, you know, what a lot of their own free agents? How are they going to make this salary cap work? um You know, again, they're sorting through all of that now. They don't have to have all of those answers now. We shouldn't expect them to have all of those answers now. But the answer. The answers that the de Fomenza gave about Kirk Cousins on Tuesday, even if they were kind of vague and kind of straddling the middle ground, tell you a lot even in that, in that they are not 100% committed right now to whatever decision they want to make on him, which means, like he said, anything and everything is still in play. Let's get to the Wolves now. Really nice win over Golden State on uh, on Tuesday. Significant, you know, because Golden State is Golden State, even though they were missing several key pieces, including Klay Thompson and Draymond Green in that game. Still, you know, Wolves were without Anthony Edwards. So, you know, they, they they weren't at full strength either, but they still cruised by more or less. Anytime I watched that game, they were pretty much in control, getting the shots they wanted, uh, Cruise to that win. Uh, over Golden State, significant because it is the second game of back to back that's been a problem for the Wolves this season. Um, you know, significant because they get through this whole you know this first four games out of the break. I was looking at that and saying, you know, this is important for them. Four tough opponents, four likely playoff teams, for you know Memphis, <clears throat> you know Memphis, Cleveland, uh, Philadelphia, and uh, <clears throat> and Golden State. You know, four teams. That are gonna be in the playoffs this year. You know, Memphis and Golden State, two of the top three teams in the West right now. And the Wolves beat both of them. Um, you know, both of them had their own issues, but you know, it it's still at the end of the day, a win is a win. They get through that stretch three and one, and now this the schedule gets pretty soft for the next five games. And again, the standings, um, they haven't made a lot of moves in the standings just because a lot of these other teams are doing The the teams above them have been playing pretty well as well. But, you know, the Wolves can't control that. What they can control is how they play. How they've played has been awfully good lately, 34 and 29 now. Carlton Towns, 39 points in that game last night. By the way, D'Angelo Russell had a great quote after the game about Towns and what to do when he is rolling like that. Let's play that right now.
2: Yep, yep. Feed him, feed him, feed him. we run out of food, feed them the fork. I don't know, keep feeding them.
0: So, like I said, next five for the Wolves now um, it goes like this Friday against Oklahoma City, Saturday against Portland, Monday against Portland, um, Wednesday against Oklahoma City, and then next Friday against the Orlando Magic. Uh, five teams that are below 500 a chance for them to you know move up in the standings perhaps a lot of these teams like i said above them Denver Dallas even the teams below them the clippers making moves right now winning games in lockstep with the wolves but you know the wolves are playing pretty well right now and they've got 34 wins already that's pretty impressive for this season i believe uh, in certain over-unders they've already hit the over uh, for their season total wins with 19 games left in the season so impressive so far from the wolves we'll see if they can keep it going but right now you have to like what you see conversely let's finish with the cooler you cannot like what you see from the minnesota wild right now they get stomped again by calgary i don't care if the effort was better, it's a 5 1 home loss. Like, you, you, there's, you know, this is a results business. You can feel better about how you played. Maybe you can feel a little bit better about your game. Um, You know, if you feel like you've figured a few things out, but a 5 1 loss at home, that's not, you know, you can't find moral victories in that. I'm sorry. You just can't, especially if you are a team that thinks it is a, a Stanley Cup contender, a serious playoff team. That That's just not how this works. So, um, just disappointing you know cam talbot in net for this one um you know they they give up four you know four goals that were of uh of the regular variety but you know it's just this just not happening for them right now they they you know they got you know again the effort was a little bit better in this game but that, i believe that is six losses in their last seven games kind of taking a tumble in the standings right now too which is uh you know it's a little bit precarious the nhl you know, with the, with the way they with the way they do the playoffs, you know, the Wild is still <clears throat> fairly comfortable, but the, you know they're not a lock to make the playoffs anymore, especially after going three and seven in their last ten games. You know, they've they've played fifty one games, they're thirty one seventeen and three. The fifth place team in the Central Division, the Dallas Stars, is only four points below them, and you know get Nashville in between them with one point fewer than the Wild, but. Starting to get a little bit more precarious about just simply making the playoffs, not, uh, not getting a higher seed. There's, they're 19 points behind Colorado now, which has been on fire. There was a point earlier this season when the Wild was the best team in the NHL and certainly contending for that division title. That is going by the wayside with this slump. You know, their goal differential is still quite good. I, I still have confidence they will figure this out over the final 31 games of the season, but let, you know, just looking at the standings, looking that there are five awfully good teams in the Central, you got to start worrying a little bit about just simply making the playoffs and not anything loftier than that. And that is a strange position for them to be in, given how they started this season. That will do it for today. Good stuff coming up tomorrow as well. Thank you so much for joining Daily Delivery. I'll see you again on Thursday.